We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. And Bill, we are heading into Week 13. It's a Thanksgiving edition of the All-America Podcast, the final week of the regular season. Are you ready? It's a, it's a condensed week. We appreciate everybody joining us here before, uh, before the holiday um and what, what what are your thoughts as we head into this big weekend well i mean i've got what i needed oh you won the ohio university won that's the mac right. east i got that's my mac right. east. i got my stand up and cheer shirt on from homage right now i'm okay i'm good man bring on toledo i guess um no it'll be fun it, it, this is rivalry week this is that <laughs> you know you how many times you're going to hear the phrase throw the records out but in some of these games you have to keep the records in <laughs> because it has to do with the college football playoff. Um, I'm excited. I always love this week. It's kind of like, you know, I, I would, from a work standpoint, you know, you've been so busy for 13 weeks, and then you start to realize, oh, this ride's about to stop here in a few weeks. So uh, you enjoy this one, especially the game I'll be at, Ohio State-Michigan. You learn to enjoy moments like that because they don't come around that often. No question about it. It's going to be great. Uh, so we will go through – our viewing windows, like we do every week, we we prepare and preview the uh, the best viewing, uh, the big, biggest game in each viewing window over the weekend. We're stretching it out for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this weekend because there's so much football to talk about. We'll review our confidence contest, which again remains super tight after a week, week 12 for both you and I. And then we will go into our confidence picks for this weekend and I will give you a little trivia, hint, hint. It's going to be Ohio State, Michigan themed, right Good. up your alley, Bill. Right Good. up your alley. You should be ready for it. Uh, so let's go into the viewing windows. We will kick it off on Thursday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanksgiving night, Mississippi State at number 20, Ole Miss, 7 o'clock ESPN. Ole Miss is a three-point favorite, not the big-time game we thought it was going to be or it could have been. Mississippi State had a few moments this season. It looked like it was going to be very, very good. Uh, they were 5-1. and one. Now they come in 7-4, and four. chance to go 4-4 four and four in the SEC for the second straight year under Mike Leach. Ole Miss was ranked seventh and was seven and zero earlier before dropping three of four. Uh, the latest being a forty-two twenty-seven loss to Arkansas in a game they trailed forty-two to six in the third quarter. Not high stakes polls wise, but the Egg Bowl is always fun. Always like to check in on on Thanksgiving night. Kiffin is two and zero in the Kiffin versus Leach Egg Bowl. And uh, speaking of Kiffin, he's been in the headlines this week. What do you think we'll see in the Egg Bowl? He's not the Auburn coach yet. I mean, he may be. I don't. He he's trolling reporters and you know generating headlines that way. And you know, it, it, I, this one's always funny that they put this one on Thanksgiving because these two really hate each other. It's top five most hated rivals by far. Um, contrast in styles with Mike Leach. They averaged three hundred twenty-one point eight passing yards versus that Ole Miss running game where they had two running backs clear a hundred yards in that loss last week. Uh, 278.3 a game, best rushing attack in the SEC. I think as long as they don't turn the ball over, Ole Miss wins at home. I don't know if last week the Lane Kiffin distractions, like, I mean, conspiracy theories could say, yeah, he's going to Auburn, and that's why they played so poorly last week, but they played so poorly because they turned the ball over a lot. Um, So, yeah, a fun game, like you said. Uh, The NFL normally takes precedence on Thursday, but this is a good one that they always slip in there to – keep the college fans interested now that Texas and Texas A&M don't play. I mean, Ole Miss had over 700 yards of total offense last week. I mean, a lot of it was garbage in the fourth quarter. They scored 21 points, but 700 yards is impressive no matter how you do it or when you do it. So uh, the Kiffin storyline to Auburn obviously overshadows, overshadows the game for uh, a good bit. But once the whistle blows, you're right. These two get after it. Year after year, the fan bases get after it, and it doesn't really matter what the records are. The passion is there for the Egg Bowl, for sure. 
Friday afternoon, four o'clock. U.S. England is at two o'clock. Soccer game will be wrapped up. You can go from the soccer game over to Big Ten Network. Nebraska at Iowa. Debatable which game, the soccer game or this game, will have more scoring. Uh, Iowa ranked 130th in the nation in total offense, but it has willed itself in position to reach the Big Ten championship game for the second year in a row with an amazing defense and amazing special teams. If they beat 3-8 and Nebraska, they will win the division for the second straight time, something only Ohio State and, and Wisconsin have been able to do in the Big Ten. Uh, since losing to Ohio State 54-10, to Iowa's on a four-game winning streak and has not allowed more than 13 points to anyone. Uh, Nebraska's on a five-game losing streak, seems more focused on trying to hire their next coach than it is winning games at this point. How do you see this one unfolding at Iowa City? Oh, I got a soccer story for you. Mm, um, hit me. I was working Tuesday, and you know I wasn't really following along with the game, and, and- you know, like you, you and I joke, we're not huge soccer guys, but I, you know, I want the United States to win. I, that, that's fine. And I was kind of game tracking just a little bit in the first half, but I was zoned in on what I was doing at work. Go upstairs, turn on the TV. I was like, oh, yeah, they're still playing. Turn it on. And it was right when Wales scored on the penalty kick. So I'm like, I probably shouldn't watch because maybe it's me. <laughs> and then I have all these soccer fans mad at me because they tied. So, um, I don't really have a soccer joke. I hope they beat England. Um, it's always nice to beat England. So we'll see if that happens. Um, of course. Of course. Uh, now, as for this Iowa Nebraska game, a couple of things. I mean, I think the Hawkeyes win. It, when they came to the Big Nebraska came to the Big Ten, this was kind of like the creator rivalry that they tried to make. And at first, I mean, Nebraska won three of the four meetings, it was good. I was one, quietly won seven in a row in this series. And if you're in that part of the country and you're a Nebraska fan, that can't be accepted. A lot because of high heartbreakers, too. Yeah. And that means Iowa's tougher than you, basically. And that with the way these two teams play. And I think Iowa, one stat stands out. I looked this up last night. They're, they're first in the FBS in yards per play allowed. They allow four yards of play, which is just, if you really think about it, it's incredible. They've never, all season, even playing Ohio State, Michigan, those one-sided games, they haven't allowed 400 yards in a game unbelievable if you think about that that's incredible yeah so um jack campbell's amazing i think iowa wins it's going to be close i saw the news that lance leopold will not be nebraska's next coach he will uh sign an extension with kansas so like you said i mean is this matt rule time is it mickey joseph we're gonna hear a lot about that in the next couple weeks the dave doran name was floating around last week i mean last night sorry as a potential candidate at Nebraska. So we shall see. He's a do more with less guy Mm -hmm. and and a solid coach. And maybe, you know, this year at NC State, it didn't work out. Maybe change of scenery wouldn't be the worst for him. He'd win seven, eight games there a year. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, Okay, let's go. Saturday noon window. We know what game we're starting with. Bill, you are at media availability on Tuesday, correct, for Michigan, Mm -hmm. Ohio State over at Columbus. Uh, we got number three, Michigan at number two, Ohio state, big noon game on Fox. Ohio state is an eight and a half point favorite spread higher than we talked about a few weeks ago, possibly because, you know, Michigan's near loss to Illinois. Uh, Blake corn was banged up. I don't know, but 15.9 million people watched last year, which was the highest rated 
regular season telecast uh, that was higher than the SEC championship game last year between Alabama and Georgia and only trailed the, the three CFB playoff games and the Rose Bowl. Uh, it was also the highest rated regular season game in 2018 and 2016, and I expect it to be the highest rated regular season game here in 2022. Where do you want to start? You want to start on the injury front? You want to start with the media availability? Both came, both teams banged up a little bit. Um, what's the latest there, and, and what did you learn on Tuesday? Well, I think people are worried about the injuries on both sides. Um, for Ohio State, I Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tommy Eichenberg, the captain linebacker, uh, two broken hands, and he's still playing. I mean, he was at availability, I, the, the toughness that that takes. Um, that word was tossed around a lot at Ohio State's media availability. They, they had their toughness question in last year's loss, and now – you know, Cade Stover was asked about that a million times. Zach Harrison and the born on third comment came up, which you knew it would. And Ryan Day kind of played it off and said, I have no comment about that. We can talk about it later. But my thing is, Michigan used what Ohio State reportedly said last year with the hang a hundred on them. And that was rumored to be said. And some of the smack talk. Columbus, Michigan used it. I feel like Ohio State's using the same thing this year, but it's different team, different game, different stage. So I don't really get hung up on that stuff that much because I'm like, at the end of the day, you're not thinking about what Ryan Day said when you're running her out. So I think it does come down to injuries. The running backs, um, Dallas could be a, a sleeper big play in this game for Ohio State. And, you know, for Michigan, it's it's Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, which one's going to be healthy because I don't know that C.J. Stokes, you saw that against Illinois, it's not the same offense. So Luke Schoonmaker, he had another injury. Is he going to play? Um, I still think all of most of those guys will play. It's going to be great theater. I can't wait to see it. Um, and as I when I talked to Jake Butt last week, he said it best. It's these two teams are literally designed to beat each other. The one does things well that the other doesn't and vice versa. It's contrast in styles. When you get in a game like that, it probably favors the home team a little bit. And it's interesting you talk about the toughness factor because, you know, Bruce Feldman wrote something on The Athletic this, this morning that uh, they talked to a bunch of coaches that have faced both teams and they are portrayed, Ohio State is portrayed as the finesse team. Michigan is portrayed as the tougher team, the run it down your throat team. And I think the players are aware of those perceptions, yes? Oh, absolutely. And and Ohio State has the better roster in terms of four- and five-star talent. I mean, Zach Harrison was a five-star that was recruited by both. Um, Ta- Tommy Eichenberg, just an amazing story for them, the way that he's playing. And, yeah, I, I think those those are out there. But in order to win the game, you're going to have to do the things – that you're perceived not to be doing well. Like, so yes, Ohio state's going to have to run the ball. They average actually average the same amount of yards per carry as Michigan. It's just a different way of doing it. Michigan's going to have to throw the ball. Well, which means we have a story at sporting news about Michigan's last win at Ohio stadium, 2000. I was, <laughs> a, I think I was a senior in college and I'm in my forties now. So it's been a minute and it's, the parallels between the guy that won that game, Drew Henson and JJ McCarthy are really interesting because JJ McCarthy is kind of plays with the same style. He's got some mobility like Henson did. He's got a cannon arm like Henson did. 
He hasn't been accurate the last three weeks. Henson was really good at Michigan. Like, I know his career got to be a punchline, but he was a stud that year at Michigan. And, I mean, he went toe-to-toe with Drew Brees in one of the best Big Ten games I've ever seen. So, it it's on McCarthy a little bit on that. I think the most pressure is on J.J. McCarthy on one side. And on the other side, I think the most pressure is probably on Ryan Day. Because if they lose – He'll be the first Ohio State coach with a losing record against Michigan since the end of the Cooper era. It's just amazing to think. I was thinking about that too. Someone said Ryan Day was under pressure, and they went what eleven and two and won the Rose Bowl last year, and then he could go twelve and one with another Rose Bowl championship this year, and he would be quote unquote <laughs> under Look, pressure. <laughs> that's the John Cooper factor because they did that for thirteen years. With John Cooper, who was two ten and one, if you look, if you, Bill, if you go back and I don't have it in front of me, but if you take John Cooper's winning percentage, go look at it, and then subtract, take the bull games out, and take the Ohio State game, Michigan game out. He was two ten and one in that. I think he was like two two and eleven in bull games. Take those out of it, then look at his winning percentage. It's like eighty something. Uh, so, but all they cared about was all they cared this about game, was Michigan, mm-hmm. this game, and then the bowl game. And, Four cat. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean that's just I. I I'm curious to go look at it afterward because it, <laughs> it's very. And Cooper was a hell of a coach. He brought the NFL mentality to Columbus, where they had guys like Pace and Eddie George and Corey, the late Corey Stringer. I mean, they had a team that had Corey Stringer and Orlando Pace with Eddie George running between it. <laughs> I that would that would do well today. So, um, but he couldn't beat Michigan, and that's the same thing on the flip side. Bill Harbaugh one and five. If he goes to one and six against Michigan, if you do the math on that, he would be twenty three and three the last two seasons with a loss to Michigan or lost to Ohio State. And but people all they would say he's they would not pay attention to that number. They'd say he's one and six against Ohio mm-hmm, State. Mm-hmm. That's how much this game means. Forecast is a little rainy and in the forties. Uh, people believe that will play into Michigan's hands more than it will Ohio State. Uh, but we will see. Are you seeing the same forecast? You're you're right in the heart of it. No, I think the weather will be not as big a factor as people think just because the temperature is going to be in the fifties. It's supposed to rain later in the afternoon. I know people are paying attention to it. It's funny you say that because like everybody I talk to about the game, they're, they're pulling up their phone and they're like, well, the weather says it's, I'm like, unless it's super windy, I'm not real worried about it. I, I think, yes, that would help Michigan a little bit, but you know, I've watched Ohio state play in bad. TJ Stroud's played well. I mean, for them, for Michigan, regardless of the weather, they have to pressure CJ Stroud. They have to land the pressure or, um, you know, Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka and Kate Stover are going to do a lot of work in that game. When you have two receivers that average 16 yards a catch like Harrison and Buka do, uh, you, you can't, you can't cover that long. You've got to get to the quarterback. So I think it's going to be a great game. I, I'm looking forward to it. As, as you know, we did a piece of sporting news about the potential of the future of this game and rematches and how, how, you know, we got thoughts from urban Meyer and Jim Trestle and John Bacon, my good friend. And, but, and the future of this game, it's going to change. It is, it's going to change. So to me, in a lot of ways, and we've talked about this, this is the last great regular season war to me, because I don't know 
what it's going to look like in a few years. And I think this is the last time they'll both be 11 and 0 coming into this one with real consequences because Bill, we talked about this before the show. I do think the loser's probably out. Probably. Mm-hmm. Like more than 50% chance the loser of this game's out of the playoff race. All right, honorable mention in that same window, if they can get any eyeballs, it'll be South Carolina at number nine Clemson, noon on ABC. Clemson, a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Big playoff implications here. Uh, South Carolina, on their first possession of the third quarter against Tennessee, they had a three-and-out. And they kneeled at the end of the first half, and they kneeled at the end of the game, okay? <laughs> their other nine possessions, Bill, touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They had essentially 10 real possessions against Tennessee. They had nine touchdowns. Now, they're not going to do that against Clemson, but the Gamecocks are capable. That's the point. You know, in addition to the Tennessee game, they scored at least 30 against three other SEC opponents, uh, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, and Texas A&M. Very Jekyll and Hyde team. Clemson suddenly back in the playoff mix, and if some chaos chaos happens, they're going to find themselves inside the bracket at the end of the day. This one has a lot more intrigue than it did a week ago. Yeah, because Clemson's right in the thick of that playoff race we were talking about. And if they beat a South Carolina who just crushed Tennessee, mm-hmm. then they're going to get a lot more attention. Um, this rivalry hasn't been particularly close in the last five years. Uh, Clemson's won by 31.3 points per game. We talked last Saturday about Spencer Rattler. Does he uh, <laughs> stay on that heater and go beat Clemson? And what does that mean? So, uh it's going to be an entertaining game. I, I, it's hard to say which South Carolina team will show up. Like you said, Clemson, I did say this. We were, Brian and I, Driscoll and I were talking about this on the podcast yesterday. Clemson wins. Get ready for Senator Swinney to come out and, and start politicking away about Clemson's playoff and what they've done and who they've played and why it's better than the Ohio State-Michigan loser because that's coming. So, uh, But, yeah, I think I like Clemson in this game, but it's going to be competitive. Yeah, it's definitely going to be competitive, and Clemson's desperate to bolster their resume. So South Carolina blowing out Tennessee was the best thing that could have happened to Clemson. Uh, third game, just as of a, a note, Georgia is hosting Georgia Tech in the noon window, the number one team in the country. They obviously are trying to keep winning, and uh, Georgia Tech, you know, they've had a nice little season since they uh, since they got rid of uh, Jeff Collins, and Brent Key seems to be gathering some momentum that's potentially getting the full-time job at Georgia Tech. That game is on ESPN, also in the noon window. Saturday, 3.30 window. We go from Ohio State, Michigan to Auburn, Alabama. Not a bad afternoon. Auburn is going to be at number seven, Alabama, 3.30 on CBS. Alabama is a 21.5-point favorite. Uh, This will be Saturday's second-highest-rated game and likely uh, top 10 for the season, despite the fact that Auburn's under 500. It just always gets eyeballs. Uh, Cadillac Williams has been a fun interim coach for Auburn, but they seem to have their eye on Lane Kiffin uh, to come in from Ole Miss to be the next coach. Will that happen? And, you know, if Lane wants it, I think he gets it. Uh, but we shall see. It feels like Q Freeze is maybe the backup plan. Um, Alabama, clearly the more talented team, the more together team. Motivation shouldn't be a problem in this one. Uh, Todd have won five in a row in Tuscaloosa, all by double digits. Your thoughts on the Iron Bowl? Third highest ranked game, TV wise. I think USC Notre Dame will have more people. Don't you? Saturday? Yeah. I uh, don't know. No. Prime time? 
Prime time Maybe. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm shocked every year when I see the numbers of Auburn, Alabama. It really is. It's well, something. but they're not. Uh, Auburn is not very good. So I think that, that that's why it's going to be a little bit less. Um, I, you know, this, this is a rivalry that's obviously produced iconic plays Our one of our content producers, Zach Al-Khatib is huge Alabama Auburn guy. He and I go back and forth on this every year about, <laughs> well, I mean, the answer is, and he's not, he's not here to defend himself, but it, yeah, it's not, it's not bigger than Ohio state, Michigan. I'm sorry. It's bigger in <laughs> Alabama than Ohio state, Michigan, but not everywhere else. Um, and it, it'd be interesting. It's, I don't even think it's an audition for Cadillac Williams bill because I think they're going to look elsewhere, but maybe they keep Cadillac on staff. Um, I think Alabama wins. It's just a question of how much I don't, people are trying desperately to make a playoff case for the Crimson Tide. It's not happening. It's no, it's not, not happening. happening. No. Heather Dinich tweeted that last night. She does an awesome job at ESPN. I'm like, no, it's not happening. And I'm like, just listen to Heather. She knows what she's talking about. This isn't happening. They're not going to go. They're going to go to the Orange Bowl, and they'll be 10-2, and two and that's fine. We'll, we'll survive. We'll be able to watch a college football playoff without Alabama. It's cool. But um, I think they cruise in this Iron Bowl. Auburn might hang around and cover. I like them to cover because it's huge spread. But, uh, it, it, you know, Alabama's a better team. Honorable mention in the afternoon, number nine, Oregon at number one, Oregon, ups, number one, number 21, Oregon State, 330 Fox. Oregon is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The battle formerly known as the Civil War, which they got rid of in 2020, uh, should be a great one. You know I love my Pac-12 games, Bill. Uh, Oregon State's won five of its last six. But the only loss was that last-second uh, three-point loss to Washington. Uh, the Beavers, they're for real. They get it done with defense. They're second in the Pac-12 and points allowed. They're 5-1 and one at home uh, with the only loss coming to USC, that late game, three points in that one. So uh, Oregon State is, is legit. Oregon picked up itself off the mat after the loss to Washington and gutted out a 20-17 to 17 win over Utah last week. Bo Nix wasn't his usual mobile self. We'll see if he can be a running threat this week with that uh, tender ankle. On paper, very even matchup. I want gray skies. I want wind. I want a little rain. And uh, I want loud uniforms in this one. Yeah, you'll get all that. I think you get an Oregon win. I think they, they are the better team. It's been a fun – I mean, this can be fun. The Civil Wars uh, – they oh we can't call it that anymore. Can't call so, it that anymore. So what do they call it now? I don't know. <laughs> like I like can't call it that. So, I don't know. They I don't know if they renamed it or not. No, I don't. You know, I'll just leave that alone. But uh, Oregon definitely is the better team here. I, I think they clinched their spot in the Pac-12 championship. I still think they're the best team in the Pac-12. They've got as good an offense as Brian Driscoll said. I got to steal this from him. As good an offense as USC and a better defense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the Ducks take care of their business here on the road, win that one. And um, But like you said, they're going to have to play well. Oregon State's plucky has been one of those kind of underrated, probably not talked about enough st- success stories this year and what Jonathan Smith's been able to do there. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, one other team to keep an eye on in the afternoon window, TCU. They are hosting Iowa State 4 o'clock on Fox, they obviously need to keep winning to stay inside the bracket. Saturday night, Saturday window, number 15, Notre Dame at number six, USC, 730 ABC. USC is a six and a half point favorite. 
Get ready for some shiny helmets, shiny golden helmets at a packed L.A. Coliseum. Uh, this game matters out there for the first time in a while. You know, 2012, of course, Notre Dame had to win to get into the national championship game. Uh, they had to beat an unranked USC team. The last time both teams were ranked for a game out in Los Angeles was 2006. This year, it is USC trying to get into the playoff. Notre Dame's coming off a 44-0 demolition of Boston College that was noteworthy more for the Irish playing at a high level against weaker competition more than anything else. Uh, ND's been good away from home this year. They had a competitive game against Ohio State way back in, uh, in September, and they've beaten BYU, North Carolina, and Syracuse away from home. Uh, USC showed its strengths and weaknesses in, uh, in a 48-45 win over UCLA. Good offense, bad defense. Notre Dame would love to play spoiler here. USC knows what it's playing playing for. What do you see in this one? Um, it'll be fun, and that's I think more people will watch this one because it's in prime time and because they're both good. And then, like you just said, it they're both ranked, and that produces. I don't know, man. I get me. I'm not trying to hate on the Iron Bowl here, but there's more Notre Dame USC games that I remember than. <laughs> the iron bowl where I remember the kick six and I, the cam back and <laughs> the cam back. And that's about it. Like, honestly, that's about it. Like, it, and I don't remember anything pre like BCS on that rivalry. Whereas Notre Dame USC, I mean, the most, one of the most memorable regular season games I've ever watched Bush push. They've mm-hmm. had other great games and this one has gone stale though. Admittedly, Auburn, Alabama has been the better rivalry in recent years. But wait till you see when this one's back, like it right. is this year, with two first-year coaches who are hot coaches. Lincoln Riley could lead a playoff run. Marcus Freeman, if they don't lose to Stanford and Marshall, I mean, or one of those even, they're 9-2 and two and maybe playing for a New Year's Day Six Bowl. Um, Caleb Williams, best player in college football. Wrote it last week, and I'll stick with it. He's, he's the best player in college football. He is amazing. It's like I'm watching Patrick Mahomes. And Notre Dame on the other side, they'll, they'll be able to run the ball against this defense. It's a great, it's another contrast to Styles game. And if Drew Pine is good, and I talked to Brian about this yesterday, if Drew Pine is 70% Drew Pine, Notre Dame can win. If Drew Pine is 50% Drew Pine, they'll get hammered. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I'll be, I'll probably just be getting home and just filed and, you know, get on this one and, and very excited to watch USC and Notre Dame in the, in the Coliseum. No question. It's going to be really fun. USC has an enormous advantage at quarterback, right? Yep. Uh, but I think Notre Dame's defense is, is way better than USC's defense. Contrast and styles going to be fun. And like, if, it feels good that they're both good at the same time. It's been Notre Dame better than USC the, when the, the times when USC has their act together, Notre Dame seems to be down. Finally, they've kind of come together, and this should be a fun one on Saturday night for sure. Honorable mention Saturday night, Kansas at Kansas State, number 12, Kansas State. Uh, 8 o'clock, Fox, Kansas State, 11.5-point favorite. If Baylor beats Texas on Friday, Kansas State will already be in the Big 12 championship game against TCU before it even takes the field against Kansas. Um but if Texas wins, Kansas State has to has to win to get in. Uh, they'll have to beat Kansas for the 14th straight time. Kansas good. is one in what? Go ahead. No, you're good. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. What's the 14 in a row? 
14 in a row uh, in this rivalry. Kansas, they're one and five since their five and zero start, and uh, they were run over by Texas last week, 55-14. Kansas State has lost to Tulane, TCU, and Texas this year. Three relatively respectable losses. I think all all three are ranked right now. Um, doesn't seem to matter who's at quarterback for them. It was, it was Will Howard last week, big win over West Virginia. Kansas has only come within 10 points in this rivalry once in 10 years. But, of course, we know this is a different Kansas team, and they might feel a little momentum now that Lance Leipold has signed on and is not going anywhere. That's going to be a fun game. You know, a good in-state rivalry. That's All these in-state rivalries matter across the corners of the country. And Kansas State, if they win here, which I think they will, they're kind of my my con- we'll get into this next week. I think they're my conference championship week spoiler mm. that's going to ruin some things. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done be- it before because they've done it before and they're not going to be afraid to see TCU again. So I-, I think they take care of their business here. But Kansas competes with that confidence that Lance isn't going anywhere. And you kind of see that sometimes when teams come out and, and play. And I think this is a close one, but I like the Wildcats at home. One other game to keep in keep an eye on, uh, LSU is playing in the night window there in the playoff mix, of course, is the, the game before the SEC championship where they will play Georgia. They are on the road at Texas A&M uh, at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Time for our confidence contest update. Every week, Bill and I pick four games against the spread. We pick any four games we want. We order them. In order of confidence, four points, three points, two points, one point, like a bowl confidence pool. And uh, last week was a rough week for the Bills. Uh, we both pulled out, pulled in only one point. I pushed my two-pointer. Uh, Utah was a plus three against Oregon. And you got your one-pointer, which is USC, just covering over UCLA. Uh, we missed the rest, including our four-pointer. We both agreed TCU was a sure thing, and that didn't happen. They won the game but they were not able to cover the two-and-a-half points spread. They won the game on that that crazy, frantic field goal that was really cool thing to watch. I mean, right. that was as organized as a field goal unit as you can have. And right. you know, we've talked about Sonny Dykes possibly being the coach of the year, and that's some more evidence towards that, that, uh, towards that, that side, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. It was, it was a great play. So, um I had a horrible week against the spread last week. I was seven and 14 on sporting news picks. I always have one week like that where it just, and it was typical of a week where it was like that survival Saturday or whatever you want to call it. There was a lot of close Mm -hmm. losses by the spread. So I'm not worried about it. I'm ready to bounce back for rivalry week. I know it's tight between us. Um, 56, 54. That's tight. I lead by two. We go back to the honors the previous week since we tied. That was me. I will pick first. I will give my four-pointer. Then you can give your four, et cetera, what's the, et cetera. What's the trivia question? Oh, yeah. Sorry, the trivia question. Trochi trivia. I will give the answer at the end of the show, but I'm going to go right up to the the game, right? I got to ask a Michigan-Ohio State question this week. And I'm going to make it – I don't know if it's too hard or not. We'll see. Trying to get into the weeds, but I know you are one of the world's most uh, up, no, upmost Ooh. experts on this rivalry. This is the 13th top five matchup between Michigan and Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. What is the record of the home team in those 12 matchups? 
You're chuckling. No, I don't. I, I I'm gonna have the record I, of the home team. Okay, so okay, you gotta I'll, I'll think just, about it. You start thinking that over, and we'll get back to that at the end of the show. Okay, all right. So my four pointer. I'm gonna kick us off. I'm going with Notre Dame. Five plus five and a half at USC. I think it's a great spot for Notre Dame. USC's been the toast of the town. Toast LA since they, they won 48 45. It was a great win. Caleb Williams is Mr. Heisman all of a sudden. And that they've been told just how great they are and just win out. You're going to be in the playoff all week. And uh, how'd that work out for Tennessee last week? Didn't work out. Uh, this is a tough task to get yourself up to that fever pitch for two weeks in a row. Uh, Notre Dame's coming in after a, a confidence building win over Boston College. They just they played very well from A to Z, 44 to nothing, 37 nothing in the first half. Uh, this is this is not a playing out the string game for Notre Dame. It's a big game. They want another big time pelt. Marcus Freeman, you know, in his first season, they want, want to go out on a high note. I think the Irish have a good chance to win outright here. So I'll take the five and a half. Okay. I'm gonna go I'm gonna look at the Oregon, Oregon State game. I, I have it at three. Is it three and a half or three? I, I'm three taking, and a half. Three and I'm, a half. I'll take Oregon either way. I, I think the Ducks win by at least a touchdown and roar into that Pac-12 championship game where they're the other. This is an article we're going to have to do next week. Is the conference championship spoilers rank mm. them one to five? And mm. Oregon's a very good conference championship spoiler. Um, because I think they could ruin USC's world next week if Notre Dame doesn't. Um, that, that is what we were talking about is like Notre Dame or USC has the hardest two game path of these teams trying to get into the playoff. They do. They got to play Notre Dame. Then they got to turn around and play Oregon. That's not, that's a gauntlet. And I like the, the ducks take care of their business. I'll take three and a half, like their chances. And uh, Oregon, the, the Ducks, they, they're they just going to lament that end of that Washington game forever. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that was something. Three-pointer for me, Arizona. We'll stay out in the Pac-12. Arizona minus four and a half at, uh, at home against Arizona State. Both teams are two and six in the league, but Arizona's played a tougher schedule and fared better against the good teams. I think Arizona State's limping to the finish line under an interim coach. Arizona's still playing hard for Jed Fish. They're trying to get to five wins after just having one win last season. And Arizona State's last visit to Arizona, I don't know if you remember, 70-7. to seven. I think Arizona hasn't Oof. forgotten, and they have a chance for a little payback here. I think Arizona covers the four and a half. That's a, that's a good pick. I got Oklahoma and Texas Tech. I'm going to take the Sooners minus two. I think mm. they, they ride the momentum of last week. And just keep going. You know, they that first half against Oklahoma State was what we're accustomed to seeing from Oklahoma. You know, this is a wild back and forth, back and forth Big 12 game. But I think the Sooners, um, it's a short spread. So all they have to do is win by a field goal. And uh, I like them to go into a bull game, maybe up their bull game a little bit and get things with Brent Venables on track heading into the, uh, his, what's going to be a very pivotal and, watch second season as they get ready for sec play pretty shortly yeah yeah my two-pointer i'm going the opposite of you oregon state i'm taking the three and a half against oregon oregon state plus three and a half i mentioned it earlier they're five and one at home 
with only a three-point loss to USC. They've been very, very good home team. This is the third emotional game in a row for Oregon after Washington and Utah. Oregon State's coming in after an easy win over Arizona State. They've won two of the last three against the Ducks in Corvallis. Um, counting on Bo Nix still being a little limited in the run game, and Oregon State's defense just stepping up and, and leading the way here. So give me the Beavers. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I've got – here's my two. Where did my she go? Washington minus two in the Apple Cup over Washington State. Wow, I know easy. it's on, on the road. Not easy. Good quarterbacks. We wrote about Cam Ward in the the preseason. Michael Penix Jr. has been one of the best quarterbacks in the country in terms of uh, passing yardage. That's going to be a fun game. Mm -hmm. That's another one. Like you just, it's this is the other bad thing. If there's a bad thing about rivalry week, is like I want to watch all of these in their entirety. (laughs) But you you're you're forced to like flip the TV around a little bit. And this is one I would love to watch in its entirety because I love the quarterbacks in this one. I know they're on the road too, which makes it hard, but I, I like the Huskies. They got beat pretty bad last week. How about Kalen DeBoer? Um, 10 wins in year one at that place. Mm. Love it. So uh, I think the Huskies get it done. And uh, I'm gonna, I've, as you can see, I'm using a lot of low spreads today. We're all about the Pac-12, right? Yeah, we watch our first a lot of, six picks, five of them have been Pac-12 games. We're very five educated on the six. Pac-12. We love it. Love it. Uh, One-pointer. I'm going SEC here. Vanderbilt, plus 14.5 against Tennessee. There's reasons to take the Commodores other than the fact that I went there. Okay, right. They had two straight strong performances against Kentucky and Florida. They're, they're not limping to the finish line. They really are playing well. Uh, Clark Lee seems to be building something here. Uh, Tennessee got just laid out emotionally after seeing their their playoff hopes vanish. And then Hendon Hooker goes down. Their quarterback goes down. You know, there'll be a lot of Tennessee fans in Nashville. And, you know, the Vols will probably win. 14 and a half might be enough for Vandy to get the cover here. Could do it with Joe. That could go either way. Like, Tennessee could be really angry and blow them out but I don't know that they will with Joe Milton. So that was one that I was going to stay away from mm-hmm. this week because I could see it either way. Uh, my one pointer is a little bit of a shot. Um, I'm going to take in the Texas A&M LSU game. I'm going to take Texas A&M to cover the minus 10. Mm. They've played some exciting games in the past. Um, I think A&M has one of those kind of just nothing to lose moments. And LSU plays a little tight this week. So, I mean, a double-digit spread in that game with that much talent. LSU could just hammer them with Jaden Daniels, and he could run all over the place and and get some momentum into the Georgia game. But this could be their look-ahead look ahead to Georgia and, and forget that Texas A&M is pretty talented and hasn't really gotten hammered in too many games this year. So, I think the Aggies show up in this one. They haven't. They were sluggish against UMass last week, but that was, you know, empty UMass. stadium and everything yeah. like that. So, um Interesting pick there. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, so to review, I've got Notre Dame plus five and a half, Arizona minus four and a half, Oregon State plus three and a half, and I've got Vandy plus 14 and a half against Tennessee. Your four-pointer, the Ducks minus three and a half at Oregon State, OU minus two against Texas Tech, Washington minus two against Washington State in the Apple Cup, and uh, Texas A&M plus 10 against LSU. All right, time 
for the trivia answer. What you got for me, Bill? Well, I have the article been... up. It's oh, no, I'm, I'm not look. Up. I didn't look at it. No, I didn't look at it. I didn't look at it. That's why I'm trying to do it in my head. So it's uh, the, the 13th top five meeting between Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, the previous 12 games. What is the record of the home team? I'm going to guess. And I'm trying to sketch it out, like on my paper here. I know you. I know you could practically go through all twelve, so that's why I'm. I'm thinking you're going to dig in and eight, come up with it. Eight, three, and one. Incorrect, Bill. What is it? Ten, one, and one. So it's that good. Like I was. I was. The home team yeah. is ten, one, and one yep. in these top five matchups. Advantage Ohio State. Big time. And I know I was just the ones that I was sketching. I was working my way backwards. Um, <laughs> so the last several home team won 03, 06, 16, 97. Uh, the tie I did get the tie part right. So I should get like half credit. For yes, that. that was good um, that you got the tie. That yeah. Was good. And, and I know that's one of the most legendary games in the history of the series. So I just, there's a couple on that back half of the Woody 10 year war that, again, the home team even dominated then so home well, team that's, that's bad news if you're a wolverines fan so but well, well i'm gonna have to look back which one was the one where the road team won probably yeah. oh i'll look that up too so i've got a couple things to look up uh i did have a request i have a request for this week can i get okay. it Hit me. okay can we do one point which game is, i put this up on twitter i said which game is going to be closer okay. high state michigan or notre dame usc Ooh. And if you look at my Twitter poll, it's pretty much 50-50. I think I voted in that. Who, so, which, which one do you think will be closer? Notre Dame, USC. I'll take Ohio State, Michigan. Oh, okay. So let's do right, So one, that's one point extra bonus point. Because neither one of us picked Ohio State, Michigan, and it doesn't feel right that we didn't. If I did, I would take the Buckeyes to cover. But I, I like that bet. That makes it – that adds another layer to those two. Okay, one point bonus. I've got the ND USC game is going to be closer than Ohio State Michigan. I like that. I like that. I just looked it up. 1975, number one, Ohio State 21 at number four, Michigan 14. There was a stretch bill. That is the only visiting team to win one of these top five matchups. Do you, there is a stretch in that 10 year war that I, that is always recited. There was a four year stretch for Michigan where the only loss or the only tie was to Ohio State. <laughs> and it was a four-year stretch when Archie Griffin was at tailback for Ohio State. Archie Griffin, as John Bacon told us in the story this week, 3-0-1 against the Wolverines. And that was the – imagine how excruciating that would be today mm. if your only loss for four years was to your biggest rival. That's what makes this game so special. It's going to be fun. Going to be fun. All right, Bill. Well – Enjoy the next two days, some family time, some Thanksgiving time, some turkey time, and we will uh, send you off to the horseshoe on Saturday morning and enjoy one of the the biggest game of the season, biggest game of the regular season, and uh, we will look forward to your coverage on SportingNews.com. Thank you, everyone, for joining. We went a little long, but there's a lot of football to talk about. It's Thanksgiving week, right, Bill? That's right, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners, and – We'll see you next week. Very good. That's it. Thank you for joining us here on the CFB Nation All-America Podcast.